Welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30am on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about the fourth record from Mitski, titled Puberty 2, which starts out like this with a song called Happy. Happy appreciated this as the opening to the album and at least for me an introduction to this artist i love that there's this kind of very spooky opening and very quiet and unnerving and then it opens up into that chorus which is so kind of bright and energetic and then you listen to it and it's bright and energetic and then it's just got these chords that don't resolve it's both delightful but completely unsatisfying at the same time i think what you're noticing is she actually studied music formally and i think her first two records were done as projects as part of her school with other musicians at her school and so she definitely has a grasp of musical technique and a little bit more sophisticated formal composition than a lot of the artists that we talk about Yeah. And so and I think in this case, it's completely appropriate because that sort of lack of resolution is perfect for this first song, which is kind of ironic about, you know, oh, the title happy. But then it's about basically her completely subordinating her happiness to some dude who maybe sounds like not such a great piece of work. Well, that's funny because I completely interpret it as happy being personified by this person who comes into her life and it's sort of setting up the theme of the album which is dealing with all these complex emotions and the highs and the lows and here she's happy as some person who comes to visit her and she's really happy to see him and everything but then he leaves when she's in the bathroom and she looks out and there's a mess and she sees all the stuff that she has to clean up and it's kind of the way that happiness comes into our lives but then when it leaves it makes things more challenging yeah i guess just her 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 painting of this guy and the somewhat graphic uh, depictions of how happiness comes into her and I I don't know I certainly read it as a little more explicitly romantic and about sort of an unsatisfying romantic partner who she's like oh maybe this guy will make me happy and then he leaves and I just have to clean up after him so but that's there's levels there I can I think both neither is wrong the next song we'll talk about is called once more to see you
by way of background, Mitski's, I think I said only 25, and this is her fourth record. And she's born. she was born in Japan, but I think her father was a diplomat, and so she's lived all over the world. I saw somewhere 13 different countries, but you can tell that she has more depth than the average 25-year-old. And she's. I feel like this album is very genuine in going through this turmoil of emotions that sort of comes with being that age and recognizing that even though you're past puberty, growing up is sort of a process of... It's not that you don't feel those feelings anymore, or feel the intensity, but that you learn how to manage them better. And I feel like that's kind of what this record is about. Certainly that she's really working through intense feelings. And I think that the intensity of this one, there's just that warbly organ that's mm-hmm. sort of just underlying the entire thing. And it's this pretty straightforward song. And yet that kind of underlying everything just puts everything on edge and... Yeah, it just brings the spookiness to it so effectively. I feel like that's sort of what unifies the whole record is it's just her working with a producer that she's had consistently throughout. And it's the complexity of the layering of there's all these undertones and there's there's things that I listen to, you know, I'll listen to listen to this album probably 30 times. And every time I pick up something new and there are these little undertones and just little musical flourishes and like in Happy that we played earlier it starts with that weird beat and then the the saxophone comes in out of nowhere and yeah, it's yeah. just all this texture that makes it really yeah, interesting. Yeah, you wouldn't expect the drum machine to be hanging out with those other instruments. And one of the contrasts, I think, to a lot of the albums we've done recently is that here the songs are not super long or structurally ambitious at first bite. They're all, you know, three or four minute pop songs, some shorter, and it's just first chorus, first chorus, boom, you're done. But then little tweaks to mix it up. Like here it's verse chorus and then the second verse and chorus, which we heard there, are just repeat it completely different and then the, th- the third verse and chorus are completely identical to the second so it's just kind of again sort of the sense of stasis in the lyrics a little bit like she's not getting there and that just that and of course these lyrics about this kind of relationship that seems to be not again not super healthy but she feels it so intensely that she's just uh, I think that in the first chorus she talks about oh we we're kind of keeping it secret we have reputations and this feeling again of like and maybe i'm just going to be projecting everything onto all of these songs being explicitly about romance but here it seems to be that notion of men mistreating her and her just thinking if i just try hard enough and make it work and it's so sad but you feel for her yeah and and i think her lyrics capture that in a way that is funny and interesting and insightful without being over the top but there's a lyric in this song that i'll scream your name from the rooftops from every rooftop in the city of my heart and that's like such a great lyric yeah it's it's mellow but dramatic but it's she sells it Mm because she really you really feel it and then that uh right before that she's like oh if you just let me give you pinky promise kisses which is both kind of sweet but also kind of juvenile it's really wonderful uh and very immediate so then i think in this next song we start to maybe get to memories and that's called fireworks Jogging routine 
So I called attention to an earlier kind of unexpected unresolved chords in that first track, Happy, and here there's even a more unexpected out of left field chord in that transition that we just heard between the chorus and then coming into the next verse. And I just, these little things that here, this song starts with a drum machine and then a guitar comes in that's almost, I think, uh, pretty acoustic sounding. And so it's kind of electric, then acoustic. And then the synth kind of ramps up and starts, but it's then sprinkling these weird little chords in mm -hmm. and just the entire effect is very unsettling in these short little pop song. Mm-hmm. And I think that I was going to say this for Once More to See You, but it also applies to this song, Fireworks, is one of the things that she sort of tricks, she sort of repeats on this record is she does this circling. And it reminds me of, you know, when you watch a hawk on a, a vent of warm air and they just circle around it, but they go higher and higher. And she starts out with sort of a low intensity and just a few instruments and then adds on instruments as she goes and ramps up kind of the emotional intensity and then also the lyrics and the progression of the chords sort of go in a circle and sort of come back and she doesn't really ever separate the verse chorus too much it's sort of the chorus leads into the next verse and it just kind of like loops around and I feel like this one in particular she does that yeah the, the songs are not long but then they have this sort of they don't have a narrative propulsiveness but they have this emotional drive to them that is satisfying and yet and unsettling at the same time and certainly, you know, this song to me just threw me for a loop because I've never thought of fireworks as being something that triggers a memory. They're always about this sort of immediate flash and it's gone. And for her, that's her memory. And just that's so evocative of like, what, what is she remembering? And she doesn't really go into a lot of detail. And mm -hmm. I think that's good. She's leaving things unsaid. So talking about the emotional buildup in these songs, the next song we'll play is what I think is far and away the best track on the record. And it's called Your Best American Girl. look up the video for this song it really underscores what she talked about in an interview with npr that i heard about this song which is 
the experience of being in a relationship with someone who, and this is my reading into it, seemed like the typical young white boy American who had this aspirational sort of lifestyle where, you know, you're going to do a million things and you can do anything and you're going to change the world. And she had the perspective of having lived all over the world and was had a more mature perspective and that it was really hard for them to mesh culturally and that, that was why the relationship didn't work. And it's this great line of, your mother wouldn't approve of how my mother raised me. And it's like as if that matters to anyone. Like it seems so that's such a juvenile thing for that to matter. And I think that that she sums that up really well. But when you're in the mid 20s, in your mid 20s, then that absolutely is a factor. This is, I think, maybe the noisiest song on the album for sure, that it just like breaks into pure rock. Mm -hmm. And I really like that bit at the end of what we heard there where in that verse where she just, kind of starts to sing the verse and then just kind of words don't aren't going to do and just wails on the guitar to just kind of express those emotions i think that's really great well and it's it's a really good pairing a lot of these songs have the very aggressive acoustic guitar over a very feedbacky electric guitar and that Mm -hmm. is this is another one of those songs but she uses that to great effect with the emotions and the end of where she comes in with the electric guitar there is you're the one, you know, she's breaking up with this person, but she says, you're the one, you're all I ever wanted. I think I'll regret this. And then it's it's like that kind of highs and lows of the emotion are really conveyed with the music. Yeah, she and as, as the song is building, there's such a gr- great imagery of that two people who are just never going to be together. It's just never going to be on the same wavelength. Like, you're the sun, you've never seen the night. And you've, you've heard of it. You've heard the songs in the in the morning light. And I'm not the moon. I'm not even the star. So mm-hmm. it's like may, she's not even like the best representative of this other world. But she is who she is. And I, I love the way that that lyric resolves, though. It's like your mother wouldn't approve of the way my mother raised me. But I do. Mm-hmm. And that's just well, such and, a great way to. And I don't think it's in the part that we played there. But it yeah. starts out in both of the first two verses or the first two choruses is. But I do. I think I do. And then in the end, it's I finally do. It's like the certainty of like, I am who I am and I'm happy with who I am. And I don't want or need to change to fit to be the accessory for like this 20 something bro. Yeah. And and I'm not going to talk too much about the video other than to say I like the album. It's just something that's it's really understated Mm -hmm. and so simple and just very beautiful and suits suits the song suits the album. It's pretty great. So check it out. I didn't think of this. I read it in a, a review somewhere, but I really liked it, which is that this is, it has such a Weezer sound to it, especially with the electric guitar and ma- someone making the comment that, you know, a band that was yearning after half Japanese girls. Now there is a half Japanese girl, like taking that voice and like making her own expression. And I really like that. So the next song is called I bet on losing dogs.
so lush and so sad. I it's hard to imagine a more depressing lyric than I know they're losing and I pay by for my place by the ring. It's just something so fatalistic about this song and yet it's it's almost romantic but yeah, it's it's really devastating. <laughs> well, and musically I really like we we only played sort of the one change here. It's that instrumental part in the middle with the key change but this is really kind of three songs that move progressively from one into the other and i you know i really like how subtle it is and how it goes with the emotional tone yeah well in fact i actually what i noticed is before the lyrics even start i think the sort of drum and acoustic guitar come in and then it actually changes key before the first mm -hmm. verse even starts so mm -hmm. the entire song starts you off in the sense of like what's going on it takes his left turn and then what we hear there where it takes a really hard left turn and i think it's it's musically very sophisticated and complex and lyrically it's very sophisticated also and i really love how she takes the sort of metaphoric trope of the underdog and everybody loves an underdog and the way that trope kind of goes is you're supporting that person and and they eventually triumph and here it's knowing that they're still going to lose is what is attractive to her and it's the, there's the lyric about i want to look into their eyes and i want to feel it and it's because she's feeling communion with that devastating feeling of just being in the losing position yeah but then and when the song wraps up, it I think helps to kind of bring that into clearer focus because like, well, this person is losing. And then at the end, she's like, well, I want to find someone to watch me die, mm. which is just like, well, a successful relationship is one where you stay together and die together or one of you dies first. And that's like, we're, you know, we're all losing this game, but you can still win. <laughs> anyway um so but but this song kind of goes again as i said before in a circle where there really is no end to there's a, a little bit of a verse at the beginning but really it's well, just sort of circular chorus yeah that, that verse coming like, back to the same idea the world's most inane love song baby my baby say i'm your baby baby tell me you're my baby baby it's kind well, of insane and, and tell your baby i'm your baby which is <laughs> has a lot of reading you could read a lot into it um, another song that is one of my favorite lyrically on the album is What We'll Play Next. And it's called, and it's also got my favorite title, My Body's Made of Crushed Little Stars.
I feel like this is the flip side of your best American girl. As far as, you know, not just because of the acoustic guitar over the feedbacky electric guitar, but just thematically, I feel like Your Best American Girl is transposing this sort of young American aspirationalism with her sort of more complex view of the world and view of herself. And in that song, she's sort of having to separate with someone because of the cultural difference. And here it's sort of the the internal conflict is in her own mind. And there's the part of her that's saying, I want to say, see the whole world. And the other part that's saying, I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent. And I love that verse where she says I better ace that interview I should tell them that I'm not afraid to die and then I work better under a deadline I'll pick an age when I'm going to disappear and it's like this conflict between the this outside that she's supposed to be presenting as an upwardly mobile 25 year old versus what she feels inside yeah there's this existential (laughs) sort of pull between yeah what you want and what you have to do and this is just the energy of it that sort of uh, I was describing it as a bangy acoustic guitar. But yeah, that it's almost yeah, fed through enough effects that it almost sounds electric, but still has that sort of earthiness to it. It very much and maybe it's just me, but I felt like that reminded of like Neutral Milk Hotel or something, which are like a lot more kind of folky and a nice change of pace, I think, for most of the other s- songs on the album. And I think that's something we haven't really called a lot of attention to. But yeah, the, how much there is that variety across the album where there are these really noisy kind of electric guitar, these kind of spooky synthy so- songs, and then this one, which almost sounds kind of folky, and yet they all sound consistent. Yeah, and I think part a big part of what makes it consistent is that her voice is so distinctive and there's so much character in it. And I think that is what creates consistency across the record. Yeah, and I think she does really push her voice even further into really interesting and very kind of spooky places on this next track. It's the penultimate song, Crack Baby. longest track on the album and she just really ramps up the drama that it's mostly completely synthetic with synths and samples and drum machine but then there's this uh, guitar in there that just sounds 
kind of very retro and combined with all these wind samples including the last minute of the song is just wind mm-hmm. and i almost get this like kind of spaghetti western vibe off of it just a hint of it but mm-hmm. not explicit just kind of there and then it's in with this sensuous but also incredibly sad song of just crack baby you don't know what you want but you know what you had it and this this idea that you're just born already missing this thing and you could think like that's really romantic except it's crack baby it's <laughs> not romantic it's just this horrible gaping need for something that you don't want to have you really should not get and yeah, so much of this album is yeah that i want this i shouldn't have it but i want it but i can't get it but i want it and it sounds repetitive but she makes it really work and it's super listenable and a short album it's barely half half an hour long but and this but yeah she's able to ramp up to this level it's really quite something yeah i really like these choices of the last two songs because as you said crack baby is sort of this great way to summarize this very kind of infantile need that you can't even articulate or manage and it's just this yearning for something that you have to have and then you can't get and you just think of a baby screaming and I think she's juxtaposing this as this you know the penultimate and then the last song on the album of going from this to the last song is called a burning hill and it's this resolution of deciding to love the littler things and to sort of turn away and manage her emotions in a little bit more controlled way and I love the lyric in the last song which is I am a forest fire and I am the fire and I am the forest and I am a witness watching it I stand in the valley watching it and you are not there at all and it's just this sort of realization that whoever this these songs have been about who I think are real, you know, she said in an interview that this is all based on her real life and that whoever is creating this sort of tornado of emotion in her life is somebody who needs to just not be there so that she can learn to manage these emotions on her own. And I think that it's a really well-sequenced, well-written album and her voice is beautiful. And as you said, it's short. It's only like 10 bucks on Bandcamp. You just should go listen to the whole thing. It's, it's really worth listening to. And I can't wait to see what she does next. So we've been listening to Puberty 2 by Mitski, and this has been For the Record. Thanks for listening. Today I will wear my white button down I'm tired of wanting more I think I'm finally born For you have a way